I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right. In episode two, we had Ashley Williams and then followed in episode four with Chris Dixon. Ashley's now a key contributor to Match of the Day and upcoming Euro 2020 BBC coverage. Dicko is now a champion of non-league. Is that coincidence? Nah, I don't think so. No wonder we're the premier non-league podcast. Anyway, welcome to episode 16. This is the Premier Non-League Podcast. So, James, Trevor, Pete, Ian, all on the line tonight. Johnny and Chris is playing cricket somewhere. But we have got a very special guest and someone we're really proud to have on. Chris Dixon, who is now a champion of the FA Trophy. Chris Welcome back to the Premier Non-League podcast. How are you doing, mate? On cloud good nine, evening. I assume. Good evening, good evening. Um, I'm trying to, trying to just been scraped off the ceiling, I think. So just trying to get myself off that, get myself down. But yeah, it's um, unreal. Yeah, so, unreal. Yeah, I guess you literally, you still pinch yourself. It must be. I mean, secretly, yes, definitely. Because obviously, we'll just under the circumstances, under the circumstances of the whole journey, and then obviously getting to the final itself and then in the final itself, you're looking at the game and just watching it go past. And obviously I, I was aware of a long, a long way, way before that I was going to be starting. So you're just waiting for your time, waiting for your chance, waiting for your chance, thinking when's he going to call me, call me on? And then just how it all just unfolded after that. It's one nil down and then obviously to turn it around and go for, and win it 3-1. It's almost like we won it comfortably in the end, but yeah. it's just incredible, incredible. But you're writing yourself short there because uh, I know it's a team effort, but you had two assists to your name, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, technically I had two, I had two different assists. I mean, some people are saying three because I kind of made the defender head it onto the bar, my presence yeah. and that. But no, nah, I mean, yeah, definitely two, two assists. Um, obviously, everyone was expecting the goal, but I mean, two assists, two, two assists and to bring the trophy home is unbelievable. Amazing, it's amazing. As we said, like coming from the Ismian League, uh, to be a team above you anyway, but to be the kings of non-league in a season where you really haven't had the opportunity to have a consistent sort of schedule because we haven't actually played a competitive league game since, what, November, I don't think, is it? Yeah, so I think the um, league got mal avoided up in October, November, and it's just been, it's just literally, the manager was saying the same thing, saying we've had games where we, uh, it's like every month, every six weeks, and to keep yourself ticking over, ticking over, ticking over, and you're playing against teams that are still active, um, up until I think February was the non-league South and North, and I think, and obviously the conference has carried on going. So it's it's literally been unreal. To, it's, it's a lot of people saying you can write a film about it, and you probably could. Yeah, do you, do you think, Chris, that um, having the, the league start took away that distraction, and you was able to concentrate on the, you know, on the trophy as your your only one way of playing and having competitive games? Did that sort of give more hunger? I think I think mentally it did. Mentally it did because obviously we, we approached every game knowing that listen, if we lose, then evidently we're we 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 we're, we're done for months. So mentally it definitely gave you a, um, a stronger approach um, to, to games. But physically, <laughs> not a chance. 
physically, we would we we'd want to play every single week, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, because you, your body keeps ticking over. I mean, I can tell you now, two days after the final, my body's in bits, and I only played <laughs> half an hour, so Lord knows how the rest of the boys feel. But so physically, you'd want to keep ticking over, and obviously we were, we were training them and we we're training as much as we could. But it, it's not the same as match fitness when you've got when you're playing games week in week out. It's totally different. I mean, it's been a crazy, crazy season, whichever way you look at it in any way. But for you personally, Chris, you started at Hornchurch, then you yeah. stopped playing there. I had that spell at Dartford as well, where you, you played quite a few games in there. And then suddenly it's back to Hornchurch again because Dartford, you know, have stopped as well. How easy was it to move between those steps each time going forwards, backwards, stop, start, all the way through? So I'm I'm not I don't live too far from Dartford. So going to so, so in regards to jurisdiction, it wasn't a problem. It wasn't a wasn't a problem. Obviously, the two clubs spoke to each other. The two managers were were, were really cooperative with each other in regards to me being on dual registration. Um, and then I think the only time there was a little bit of turbulence was obviously the Maidstone game because obviously I I genuinely thought. I was going to be a Hornchurch that day, and then yeah. and then I ended up being with Dartford, and so it was. I mean, that was probably the only turbulence we had, and then after that, obviously the league got stopped anyway. So for, for Dartford, so it was a case of Hornchurch always looked at me as I'm, I'm you know, he's one of ours, and we're ultimately just loaning him because he wants to go and play football. Um, and if if we carry on going and, and we and we need him, then we'll, we'll ask him what he wants to do. And me and me and me and Stimo have been been transparent for the whole whole time, and and he's, he's been unbelievable with me. And so it was it was easy for me to transition from going from one to the other. And ultimately, yes, our Conference South is a high, is a is a higher league, but I didn't find the challenge of the Conference South any any more of a challenge than than the Isthmian Prem because the, the team the teams in both leagues are, are, are of good caliber. And, and talking about Stimmer as well, Mark Stimson, he's not had the best of times in a couple of clubs he's gone to, but that knack of winning the FA Trophy just seems to be something he's got. It's actually a joke. Like <laughs> I, I, I said to I said to him, <laughs> how do you win this five times? Like you've won it. Like three on the spin is is a is a is a massive achievement. With two, I think, two different clubs, but to win it five times, it's, it's insane. Insane, like uh, football. Football clubs don't win competitions that many times with one with, uh, with one manager always winning it. But him, it, it's just. Like I said the king, they call him now the FA Trophy King, literally, because he just got he just got the knack of it, and it's just unbelievable what how he manages to keep churning out teams that, that can win this trophy. Apart from the huge results Saturday, Mister Dixon. Um, what what game? That sounds very polite. I'm a, I'm a very polite gentleman. <laughs> what would you say the 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 best game on the run, which really give you the platform to build to the final, was? Was there any game that you were like struggling in and and you had to pull it out of the fire? So, for, for, I think I, I don't know for, for the boys. I think it was Maidstone. I watched that game, so I was watching that game. I was, I was at, I was Queen Darfur at Welling that day, and I wasn't involved. So I, I was watching. I was on the phone watching that, watching the the Hornchurch Maidstone game. And I think the the Maidstone game was really one where I felt like it was just up and down, up and down. And I think they really felt like they had to dig deep for that one. Um, me personally, it's got to be Notts County. Notts County, Notts County, Notts County was for me. That was that was the pinnacle. That was when you knew something magical was happening here because it was the first, I, I remember I was on the bench watching for the first 20 minutes we didn't touch the ball 
it was just like they were just all over us. The, the, the ease of, of them scoring, I think Wrighty pulled out an amazing save. And it was just like, whoa, this 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 could be a mullering. And then once we settled and we got the first goal, it was, it was a lucky goal and such, and you need a bit of luck in this run. But once we got the first goal, it was almost like, okay, cool, something could happen here. And even when and even when they 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 went three two up, and I think they had a chance to go four two, and Mickey Parcel blocked blocked on the big line. At that point, it was like, whoa, okay, switch on, let's go go for that final push. I could hear Mickey saying, no regrets, no regrets, no regrets. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy has lost his marbles, <laughs> like, because. They they just scored and you're screaming no regrets. So I'm like, wow. And that but that that epitomizes that team, the team spirit. And it epitomizes what we're about. And and I mean, go down the other end, we score, we score, make it free free, and it's like penalty time. Here we go. And mm. I think within the group, we knew penalties was gonna be our best chance mm. because and thank God it was an extra time because it was like another county could have possibly maybe possibly gone to another gear. Um, but I think with penalties, you just, it's luck of the draw. You don't know. You don't know who. But deep down, we knew we had a fantastic goalkeeper, and we also knew we had yeah, confident penalty takers. Each and every one of us was confident we were going to score. And obviously, I didn't think it was going to come down to me. If I'm honest, mm-hmm. didn't think it was going to come down to the fifth one. I said to Ray, "You're going to save two or three of these," and he was and he was like, "Oh, I will get one at least." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, cool." No, knowing that you got one, obviously, it fell down. It fell down. It fell down to me. And what went through your head? What you were stepping up to send Hornchurch to Wembley. No pressure. I know it's an ultimate professional as you are. What was going through your head? Because there's a lot I'll riding on that. I'll be honest with you. I didn't feel any pressure. I didn't feel any pressure. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking about anything other than don't let the boys down. Hmm. And that was, and do what you do, put it in the corner you put it in and don't let the boys down. And that's yeah. all I was thinking. I wasn't, I didn't, to be honest with you, I don't even think I was thinking about Wembley. No. I don't think I was even thinking about it. It was just literally a case of don't let the boys down because they've got so far, they've got so far with and without me and if, if I if I don't score if I don't score obviously they still gotta go and score anyway but it was a case of just don't let the boys down and and let's get let's get let's get this let's, let's get the show on the road and carry on and carry on pushing Amazing. through and, and let's make sure this journey this journey doesn't stop. Yeah. Was was it one of those Chris where you're walking up to it and you, you make your mind up which way you're gonna go and stick to that decision and not change your mind and just make sure you get it on target. So it was one of them all the boys know what corner I go. So they all knew where I was going. It was just a case of, does the keeper know where he's going? And yeah. he's going to have to stop it. Because everyone knows, tends to know what corner I'm going to go. I think the one time I changed corners, I missed. So <laughs> I was like, nah, 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 everyone knows where I'm going. I don't, I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I don't, I didn't aim to put in top bins. <laughs> it obviously went top yeah. bins, but it was just a case of, got two, I've chosen my corner. I know I, I always go that corner. And obviously let's, let's make sure it hits the back of the net. And the best so, thing about it was, was we saw the John Cena, You Can't See Me, which I used to love you doing, mate, when you were down the valley as a wrestling fan. I love seeing that every time you do it. Just please don't do that down at Woodside next season in front of me. Because I can imagine you just goading me by going like that. All right, James. That's my celebration, isn't it? So, yeah, I love it. I love it. It's such a quality celebration. So basically, you can blame the uh, Notts County goalkeeper for not doing any research on your penalties then, Chris, like they're doing well, in the Premier League. They have lists, don't they? And, he probably didn't know who was taking the pens. And I mean, I won't say he didn't know who I was because uh, he should know who I am. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but I don't think I, I don't think he could have stopped it. It was one of those penalties where it was just like, and even even I was surprised where it went because I was going for that corner. I wasn't aiming for top bins, but I was surprised where exactly where it went. I was like, whoa, like, okay. <laughs> like, 
that's got that's gonna look good on camera. Yeah. <laughs> Pete Pete was extra happy because he's a Forest fan, so he was even more happy that Hornchurch put County out. We are. I, listen, I, I, I was look, turned up at County, and I think a lot of the boys were overwhelmed. And I said, "Well, I've played at Forest, so I know what it feels like to be in that stadium. So this isn't gonna be this isn't gonna be something that's gonna that should be that that daunting. But obviously, for the boys, some of the boys in the team, it is a daunting it's a daunting place to go to go to a place where it's an empty stadium mm. as well." And you're looking around thinking, wow, like this is this. And you're looking at the length of the pitch and the width of it and thinking, this is mm. mad. So, I mean, I, I, you try your hardest as a senior as a senior player to obviously just calm everyone down, get them get them focused and then and go and get the job done. Where do you sit with a mindset of that? Because, I mean, in the, say, for example, in the Premier League, there's an extraordinary amount of away wins. Like, obviously, if you go into an away stadium, obviously the fans would be expected to be on your back. How would you, you kind of like feel about that? I mean, I, I think it's it, it benefits you, if I'm honest, if you're on a away team. I think it does benefit you because the fans, the fans for home teams are, are the extra push. They're the extra push. They're the, they're the people that, that it, when you need a little kick on the backside, a little bit of motivation, definitely you'd, you'd love to have your fans, you love to have your fans there. Um, so, but I mean, <laughs> the, the fact they weren't there that day was great for us. You, because the way they played Notts County in the 20 minutes was this is mad if the fans were here as well wow mm. but um, definitely I, I'm looking forward to obviously having the, fan, having the fans back next season because it, it's, it's not the same it's just football isn't the same without fans no, no, I, I totally agree Chris and I think um, you know I, I watched the uh, the cup final the other week it was one of the few televised games I've watched because I've been watching it and it, bits of it and it's been like tra- it seemed like training matches to me without the atmosphere the fans and everything so you know it's it's i can imagine how difficult it's for players to get themselves up but obviously it, hall and church have done a, a great job in doing that yeah it, i mean definitely it definitely does obviously we don't get the massive amount of fans down at hall church anyway so but when we when they when we when we do they are we can you could feel their presence and you know they're always goading, goading with the with the opposition fans as well. So it's that, all all of that is part and parcel of the game. And you and you want you want to have that feeling, that presence that you're actually in 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 a, in a, in a, in a match. But obviously, like you said, it, it feels some some games you're watching, you're thinking this is like a training game. It's like a res, res like a resi game. It's just it's it's just going through the motions. It feels like that, and that's because you haven't got the fans' presence there. And once you when you do have the fans' presence there, suddenly things get turned up a little notch. I get a feeling that might change next season. I think you might have a few more fans next season. <laughs> well, listen, we lost, we sold 3,000 tickets. And I know, it's and amazing. Could, and some of our fans didn't even get tickets and they were fuming. I, I heard, wow. I could see the t- Twitter feed going mad, like, where's, where have all these people come from? And obviously, so many players, family, that like, my family alone, literally, like, we were allocated 40 tickets each. Yeah. And I was like, I said to the chairman, that's not gonna cover my family. My my, my immediate family, my immediate yeah. family with my brother, my brothers, my sister, my son, my niece, nephew. That like that's that's hmm. thirteen to fifteen people already. So I'm saying something like, whoa, hold on one second. This this is my mom, yeah. my dad. So I'm like, I'm gonna need more than forty tickets. So yeah. it was it was it, it's difficult. And obviously, you want to you want to obviously invite as many people as possible that haven't seen you play football as well, who haven't had the opportunity to get down there. I've been playing abroad a lot of my career, so a lot of people haven't seen I've been able to have the opportunity to come and see me play abroad either. So it's difficult. And obviously, I I, I, I definitely had sympathy for a lot of the fans that didn't get tickets. Um, but at the same time, at the same time, I'm glad they were supporting us from home. And, I, and, mm. I'm, and I'm also glad that we did manage to get to the 3,000. 
Did your family not be able to afford televisions back in the day, Chris? Large family. <laughs> Do you know what? I'll be honest with you, yeah, my family, my family, my family have come to games and they've seen games, but obviously seeing seeing games abroad, nah. Yeah, of not, course, not it's possible. all over there. You, I think seeing, that before they invented the dodgy streaming sticks and everything like that that yeah, we have nowadays. Right, yeah, so I'm saying yeah. seeing games, seeing yeah. games, seeing, seeing Cyprus games abroad, nah, no, it's not a chance. Well, it's like the thing I said to you, Chris, when I messaged you, like we Pete and I wanted to come and watch, but obviously we didn't want to take a Hornchurch fans ticket. And we thought yeah. it, we looked at the plan, it said neutrals. But there was just no guidance on how we could get a neutral. Because obviously non-league day normally they'd have hundreds of tickets available, thousands of tickets available for neutrals. So it's a shame we couldn't come and uh, do that. But you know, it's great yeah. you had three thousand people there. Yeah, I mean there was I mean there were so many tickets that went that went out um, went out, and I think even the day that they said they were gonna release tickets, there was only like four hundred left. And we're like, mm. what? 400, 400 for the for the fans. And apparently there's a queue of like six to seven hundred people outside. Oh, and they and obviously man. said so many so many of them have missed out. And, and it was it was it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a nice feeling, obviously seeing oh. all the, twi- the Twitter messages and stuff wasn't it wasn't nice to see because we want everyone there. And I, if I'm quite honest with you, I think they could have put more in. Oh yeah, you had the FA Cup week week before, 21,000. Know, I'm thinking, well, if we can get 15, 20,000 people. We'll fill it, Chris. Can I pause? Please don't get Peter started because every week he's been on that. He'll just go on a rant for about the next (laughs) half an hour if you start him about fans again. (laughs) It's ridiculous, though, isn't it? It Yeah, it is is just literally the way that the FA treated non league. There was no need for them to do what they'd done the weekend when they had the cup final the week before. Um, they could have t- treated everyone on a level playing field, yeah. um, which was not done. And they had an opportunity. They've missed it. And again, excuse my French, but they're ballsed up. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I, I do agree with you because I just think you can't have FA Cup final one week, 21,000. And yes, I mean, yes, we all know Hornchurch don't get a lot of fans. Hereford probably get a lot more. But the bottom line is that you're going to have so many neutrals that are going to want to come out and especially on the, on, the, on the week of that we've been let out of lockdown, people are going to want to just come out and have a good day mm. more than anything. And if they can get to a football match, it doesn't matter who's playing. I, I think a lot, of, a lot of fans from, I think it was, um, Bim, Bim, is it Binfield? Binfield, yeah. They stayed. They stayed and watched the game. They stayed yeah. and watched our game because they realised it's a day out. It's a day out. It's a, it gets socialised. We, we've been locked down for a year. It's been, like I said, it's been tumultuous times for everybody. So it's now now's a good time to just open up and, and let people let people go and experience. If it is a football match, then it's a football match and go and let people enjoy it. Well, there was yeah. one stage. I don't think you were even going to have any fans there. I think I think right mm-hmm. at the beginning there wasn't, mm-hmm. which was ridiculous in the fact that we had the FA Cup final the week before. Yeah, I was just it was just like, what's going on here? Like, yeah. no fans, and then we was like. Nah, there was no way they were going to let us have fans. Yeah. So, so talking about the day, Chris. Obviously, you got to Wembley. You scored the winning penalty at Notts County away to send you to the final. Um, what was the preparation in the week leading up to the final? Um, some preparation in the week leading up to the final. We trained once. Okay. And we trained once because we'd done that in the quarters. We'd done that in the semis. So, and, and I actually generally thought we were going to train again on a Thursday. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cutting the hair off so literally we trained on the tuesday we we, we had a little, a little meeting and then i'll be honest with you all the camaraderie that's in the group chat kept us ticking over kept us mm-hmm. ticking over there was so much banter flying in the group chat um is nashi nashi was having interviews left right and center so nashi's obviously saying nashi's now you think i'm not scoring a Wembley? definitely scoring a Wembley. where everyone's getting onto him so there was a lot of there was a lot of camaraderie going on anyway in within the group chat anyway so that, and that got, got us through Past through the week, and I'll be honest with you, it the week itself went so quick. 
as opposed to the, the week, previous week. They just felt like they were dragging. And um, but leading up to the game, it was just like look, everyone's everyone was in the zone. Everyone knew what, yeah. what the job was. The job was like I said, the manager was fantastic with me personally because he'd already notified me from before. Look, this is what the plan's going to be, and I was and I was happy. To, I was happy happy with it. So and I think going going. I think the night before was probably in the hotel was when I, I started seeing nerves around people, and I thought, okay, now now you start realizing people realize this is this is this is going to be the big thing. Hundred mm, percent. Just a couple of last questions for me. Num- number one, did you actually sleep the night before? Number two, you mentioned earlier about Notts County's big pitch. How big is the pitch? Because you hear me on it on the TV all the time. They go, how big the Wembley pitch is. Um, obviously, you said you're still in the state now after paying 20 minutes. So, <laughs> so, so is it is it really that much of a difference to sort of you know generally you, you know Hornchurch's own pitch or you've played at Worthing or Worthing's pitch? Um, I'd say I'd, I've played at bigger pitches. Big, it feels like well, I've played at pitches that sort of look, looked bigger. I know Norwich, Norwich, Norwich City is huge. I've, I've heard Port Vale. I haven't played at Port Vale, but I heard Port Vale is massive. So Wembley, Wembley, I think it's just a surrounding. It's the surrounding of, of the stadium itself. The actual pitch size isn't actually as big as you think it is. Um, and I think obviously it's, it's a common place that you, you the pitches can only be a certain amount, certain width, and a certain length anyway. So we coming to terms with the actual pitch pitch size itself wasn't a big deal. I think it's just the atmosphere of the fact that wow, this is this is actually a huge stadium. And I think that's what you've got to get, you've got to adjust to first. And that was before the fans came in. Then we, when we came out for warm up and we saw the fans there, I think everyone was like, "Whoa, okay, this is mad." Again, I've spoken to so many players, and I was, and I was trying to talk to a few players the night before, and I'm explaining to them like, obviously, this isn't my first rodeo. I've, I've been here. I've played in big <laughs> stadiums before, so I was trying to let them know, it's, don't let play the occasion, play the occasion, and 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 think to yourself, you know what? I'm on a stage. I'm on a stage right now, and I want to put on a performance that people remember me for. And that's all you have to think about. Once you do that, and you and and get your and make sure you get your first touch right, your first pass right, and you'll be fine. And you'll be fine. And the rest will take 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 care of itself. Was it your first time at Wembley? It was. It was yeah. my first time at Wembley. Though. What, so what was that feeling walking in? Like, what was that feeling? Like, I, I can't imagine it from a player's point. I mean, I've been there. Two years ago, the playoff final for Cheltenham, and I was taken away, like almost quite emotional. It must have been ten times that for you. For me, it was it was a, it was a case of I was I was I was I wasn't I wasn't yeah. by the by the, by the surroundings. Everything was immaculately immaculately placed. Everything was looked unbelievable. The setup was fantastic. I'm like, wow, <laughs> this is what the Prem players have to deal with. This is this is a dream. They got they got they got in the changing rooms. They got charger sockets next to the <laughs> next to the next to the seats. It's just like I'm like, wow, this is this is decent. But um, I'd say overawed by the occasion because I've obviously I've had experience in it. Um, but definitely the fact that my family was there, the fans were there, um, my son was there. It was just it was it was that was more what took me took me it, it touched me most touched me most. So because I just felt like this is something that a lot of them haven't experienced. Yeah. I think the last time my son probably saw me in a big stadium was he was one in a massive huge stadium where he was he was probably one so he doesn't remember so he, he always he was saying to me daddy when you go back to the big stadium I was like okay see <laughs> I'm working it on it I'm working on see, it I'm, I'm working on it and when it happens 
get yourself ready because it ain't gonna happen too many times after this. <laughs> but what a thing to tell his mates and like at school and everything. My dad's played at Wembley and won a trophy there. I mean, what an amazing thing to say. Incredible. He told me he told me that he's obviously his teacher was googling me and stuff, and I was like, Gosh, what, have you been, <laughs> "What have you been saying?" Like, but are you taking it, the trophy it, into school for him? I mean, I would have loved to, but yeah. I've got to try and get my hand get 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 yeah, right his hands off it first. I'm saying yeah. so. I've got a meeting tomorrow, um, and obviously we'll have a few pictures with both guests, awesome. and then see talk 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 amongst us, and then obviously decide what's going to happen going forward. And he's still, and he's, and of course, Chris still can't walk at this moment in time. <laughs> I, I, I'll be honest with you. I woke up with pains in places. Yeah, that I, was, I hadn't felt for a while. That I was like, I didn't get, I didn't get cracked in the ribs. So why are my ribs hurting me? Like it's, it's just, it's general match, match fitness. You just don't, you, you can't. You, there's nothing to replace yeah. it. You can't right. do anything about it. You can run, do five k runs as much as you want, stay as fit as much as you want, train as much as you want. When yeah. you're in a game and there's somebody physically up against you. There's nothing you can do. Nothing will replace it. Yeah. So, Dicko, what's next for you, mate? Are you stick around Hornchurch? Are we going to see you next season in Ismian? Or are you trying to push on to the league above? Like, I know when we spoke to you earlier on in the podcast series that you said you're going to play until your body tells you not to. So, I hope I, mean, I can see it because it's... we keep on saying we're going to have this drink and like a photo after game. It's not happening at this rate, is it? I mean, it feels like it's telling me not to at the moment. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I'd say, I'd say because of the null and void, the last two seasons, I've got to make up for thirty-four goals. So I'll mm-hmm. be, I'll be kicking, I'll be kicking on again next season. Excellent. Um, I'd love to say it will be a Horn Church, um, and more than likely it will be. However, uh, football's a funny game, and anything could happen. I mean, I, I'd love to more than anything. I'd love to get Horn Church promoted, and, and because I, I think that the fans, the fans deserve that as well. They obviously they were given them the trophy. And I think they deserve deserves. Mate, you've you've had it. your trophy now. Worthy need a trophy. Can you share it about a little bit? You got yeah. Come on, you, you had one, mate. Don't be greedy now. <laughs> I would, I would, I would, I would, I would love to get them promoted. I mean, just, yeah. just, just, I mean, a lot of people said, how can you go and beat all these teams and higher and, and higher divisions than you, and then mm. not win your league? So exactly, I think, yeah. I think that is the challenge. I've already spoke to a few, a few of the management, and they said, "Well, obviously we've got to go and retain the trophy." I'm like, "Retain?" <laughs> I'm like, this, I said, "This is a once in a lifetime thing. I don't know if this is going to happen again." So Amazing. we'll see. We'll try. We'll try. But I mean, for me personally, it's just I'll, I'll be going for I'll be I'll be going for at least the next couple of years, if, as long as the legs can go. Well, hopefully we can see you in person and have that drink after a game. <laughs> It'd be definitely, really nice to see. Definitely, definitely. Uh, so, are you gonna? If Boris allows you to, you're gonna be getting a bit of Cypriot heat this summer. Not playing I am football. Blind- I am planning to go out to Cyprus. Um, yeah. Obviously, with my with my with Cad PT, my business, um, yeah. we're trying to we're trying to obviously branch over there, do a, maybe a, do a retreat for a retreat for a few of our clients and whatnot if Boris allows, and obviously and then obviously just kick on from there because I've got to start transitioning from from playing the game, so obviously teaching the game as well, yeah. and obviously getting that that was another bonus for me. I, I obviously got tickets for a lot of my um, kids that I coach, mm. so they came to see that as well, and, and it, that again. It's inspirational for me to see them in the stands looking down at me and thinking, oh my God, he doesn't just talk a good game. He actually does. He does actually <laughs> feel good. So it was, it, it was unbelievable. That was amazing for me as well. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully go and get some Cypriot Sun and then roll on August 14th if we go again. 
we go again well chris once again it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and you know you've become a real good favorite of this so if you want to appear <laughs> next season we'd love to have you back see how your summer's gone and everything like that but from on behalf of everyone at the pnlp we're just we're absolutely buzzing for you mate and uh congratulations anytime thank you for having me anytime and just for you <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, uh, you see my wrestling belts in the background there. There you go. I'll, I'll bring my dad to you again. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. That's why you moved your camera. Yeah, I know. You've got to show them <laughs> off now. There we go. Chris, thanks so much, mate. You look after yourself. Take care. No problem, man. Have a lovely summer. Take care, guys. Are you PNLP? So it was it was so amazing to uh, speak to Chris yet again, and we all agree that he's such a good guy to come on the podcast. And I think um, Ian and Pete is we or me and Trev obviously met him before, but what a good guy! No, absolutely superb. He, you know, uh, he's honest, straight to the point. Uh, yeah, yeah, loving loving to bits. Yeah, and um, as I said on there, I just really don't hope I don't see the John Cena celebration down at Woodside next season with him scoring a hat trick against us yet again or something like that. But we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. But in, in other news of champions, Sutton up to the EFL League Two. They won promotion this weekend from the National League. Um, so Trevor, the match that me and Pete and you are going to next weekend and Johnny, it's just going to be an exhibition match, really. They haven't got anything to play for. I was quite looking forward to it going down to the last game of the season. Great, great result. I, I rooted for them in the last podcast, didn't I, Trevor Ian? So uh, I'm quite happy at that. They, they managed to keep their games in hand. And being a Worthing fan, having Callum Keeley, David Adjaboy, and Omar McGill, three former Worthing players, now lifting the trophy and being promoted with them. Yeah, I said, I think they've done done really well. Like you say, you did root for them. And um, I think um, with, with their games in hand, I thought they actually had sort of blown it a little bit with the run Stockport and Hartlepool were both on um, and t- Torquay came a cropper against Barnet on on uh, Saturday so we handed Sutton the chance to win it in front of their own fans yesterday which I guess actually it's better they won it in front of their own fans you know at Gander Green Lane yesterday rather than they come to Barnet next week and they've got to watch it on a stream while we put free past them. <laughs> well, they were they were definitely the better team yesterday. I yeah. I, I, I thought by by quite a long way. Um, and like I say, obviously we were a bit uh, partial because of um, ex ex Worthing players, but um, yeah, I thought it was thoroughly well deserved yesterday. And Omar Bugiel, um ran ran the line really well for Sutton, and he he deserved his you know his man of the match prize. I think as well the, to, to point out as well Hartlepool yesterday that was only there third defeat in the last 20 games. So the ground they made up to even put themselves in the race has been fantastic. I mean, Torquay were, I think Chris Boxing Day, was it? They were clear by about 10 points. So for Sutton to claw that back as well, um, Torquay to get in there and, and take it to the game bar one and Stockport for being that close for, you know, two or three games before that, been a fantastic race this year, it really has. No, it's, it, it's the only bit of non-league that we've really been able to sort of keep an eye on and you know I guess as I've said to you off air um, Trev it's uh, it, future looks a little bit brighter for Barnet um, after this new management change by the looks of it slowly it's getting there it's getting there yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've got two more two more games to go <laughs> Tuesday night and Saturday both at home in front of our own fans for the first time since December I think mm. we had we had one, one two games I think we had then sorry um, with fans in, so I think they uh, they deserve to give us two performances though after what they've dished mm. up this season. To be honest, and um, 
Simon and Dave, Simon Bassey, Dave Anderson made a big, big, big difference. Um, yeah. And the, like, you know, Saturday at, at, at Torquay, actually, I've been mean, talking in front of their own fans. I don't think they, I'm not sure if they had them in in, in, uh, in, in December, um, but they were really nervy um, when we should have been two or three up before they'd scored. And then all of a sudden, as Simon said in his post-match interview, looked up at the scoreboard and we're 2-0 down after 23 minutes, thinking, how, how, how? Yet we came away with a draw, 2-2, but we should have. We had two really good chances in stoppage time as well. Both sides were pushing for a winner um, and we really should have won it. But gave Sutton the opportunity, they took it. Um, just to shame that plastic pictures got to come up. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, Trev, Trev, we um, we haven't been to a, um, uh, a Barnet game before together and obviously you're kindly offered to drive us up there. Pete, we might, we haven't seen what he's like when Barnet lose. So I know he, he always says our typical Barnet, but we haven't actually seen what he's like in person. So it could make for a bit of an awkward journey home. You never have you, know. Have you not read my blogs this season? There's been enough of them. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he <laughs> takes it out. He's a keyboard warrior instead. I was about to say his Twitter's full of it. So. Yeah, no, that's true. But, um, no, Trevor, you quite rightly said, um, sadly, due to EFL rules, Sutton have got to uh, rip off a nice 3G pitch, which, as we've seen today on uh, some of the non-league pages, um, has come to the end of an academy or a youth training system that um, uses the pitch and you know the future of their sort of training school now. They're going to try and fit classes in around the area. But this is one thing that maybe needs to be looked at now and modernised, you know. Maybe there should be a period of time that they have to transition to a new pitch or, you know, some options because to just do that and it affects so much business. And I know from, I'm sure, you know, Horsham and, you know, Worthing, we, we get a lot of extra money from that extra having that 3G pitch. I think everybody does. I mean, I'm not quite sure. I have heard a couple of people ask, are Sutton moving it to somewhere in the community? Um, I don't know. I know should, should Bromley make the playoffs um, and themselves go up to the EFL. They've also got the same issue of ripping up their pitch, but their plastic is actually going to go onto a pitch behind the stadium. So it's still actually going to be a part of the club while they put grass back down again. Whether that's an option for Sutton, um, I don't I don't quite know. Possibly not Gander Green Lane, but maybe somewhere else, you know, around around where they that are area. would be, you know, fantastic. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the strange thing is, like you say, certain the promoters, they've got a plastic pitch, so the rules of the Football League say you've got to put grass down. Um, now, if they get relegated next season, hopefully, yeah. touch wood, they won't, but imagine having to rip that up and then you get relegated. Yeah, I mean, that's why I like what Bromley are, are being able to do with theirs, because obviously if the same thing happened to them... Then I imagine if it, you know, if, if they wanted to, just move the pitch backwards again. But I guess as well, it's about space. It's about whether how much it's going to cost to move it from from one and put it back down again, rather than just rip it up mm. and it's gone. Um, they need know. to do what Spurs do and have a floating pitch and float it out. <laughs> I think, I think <laughs> well, it's imagine that a non-league. Spurs, <laughs> yeah. Spurs sold their pitch to uh, Leeds, though. No, that was a training pitch. That was a pitch we were cultivating at Hotspur Way. I thought I thought there was no. a I thought there was a replacement. No. Uh, oh, okay. No, no, it was, it was a pitch that they they've cultivated at the training ground to actually replace um, the main surface at the end of the season. But obviously, because of the way Spurs works and can sit underneath and still grow under lights and everything, um, Leeds did look like they got a bit of a, a bum deal though. So they're, not, they're, bits. so they're not doing um so that they're, they're not just transferring footballers they're now transferring pitches and yeah. have a trans yeah. you yeah. can every, imagine every... jim jim white on football pitch transfer deadline day daniel leave's got a price for everything if it, you know if it's not yeah. literally nailed down it's sellable 
no, it's I mean, I do, I do feel super sorry for Sutton in, the, in that instance where they've obviously got to change that pitch, given that they're, you know, that they're what semi-professional, they're not fully a, a fully professional side, mm. so they've already got the financial constraints of obviously presumably going fully professional mm. on top of having to, you know, change their pitch. I guess we could look yeah. at Harrogate though, and Harrogate have made a success of their first season in uh, League Two, and they had to rip up their pitch if I'm if I'm not right, mistaken. They have. You know, but as you mentioned earlier, with with Worthing, um, uh, Maidstone do it a lot with how much they've got going on on their pitch all, all the year through. The amount of benefit that takes away from the actual community, mm. not just the football mm. club. You know, it's the whole wider aspect that you know above above the national league. Mm. It's just not thought about, is it? Because no. you know, there's there's drips of TV money that you get right down to that level, which are more than what you're going to get in the National League, you know, that would compensate for a lot of clubs for losing that sort of stuff. But it's those kids that have been, you know, maybe at Sutton, maybe have been playing there for, um, you know, eight or nine years. You know, Simon, Simon Bassett, the manager, is someplace for Sutton United under 15s. You know, they don't live very far from the stadium. So that might be something that now they don't train there, they don't play there, they've now got to go and find somewhere else to go. But, you know, potentially he's been going there since he was eight or nine years old. That's a long chunk of life for a child, um, you know, and routine that they've known. And bang, just mm. like that, in the space of 42 league games, it's gone. Yeah. It made me think, like, looking at grounds like Horsham's brand new stadium that they've had for two years now, there's a re- there's room around where they've built it to make me think, I wonder if Horsham were to be successful eventually and move up to the Football League, would they move one of those pitches to... Part of the ground, you know, like like you said, like Bromley are looking at putting it behind, and maybe a lot of these newer stadiums or when there's land, they might be able to. But if it happened to Worthing, we wouldn't we wouldn't have nowhere to go. We'd it would be probably donated to a local or moved to a training centre or something. Yeah, we we wouldn't have anywhere to go. But I noticed with Horsham, you've there is a lot of um, yeah. pitches behind Horsham mm. as well. They hire uh, out where you know, the the higher out and things. Mm. So there's there is plenty of of. Yeah. Room at Horsham, and I'm just a bit worried that Ian's not paid his electricity bill this week. I can't be asked to turn my lights on. He's further north than us as well, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, it looks like it's lighter here than it is, it is up in Cranley right now. Uh, it is rather wet outside. Yeah, we, we the south down to protect us at the moment. We've had our rain, and it's uh, it's moved up. But I mean, just going back to Sutton, guys really great for them really massive achievement and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing them and uh I, I spoke to a couple I spoke to Callum Keeley who's one of the players that went from uh Worthing and he's uh he's going to be at the game on Saturday so I look forward to catching up with him and the other Worthing players which would be nice but yeah good luck for next season I think definitely definitely hopefully they give a good, good account of themselves um you know don't end up anywhere close to that bottom two and mm. don't make a swift return to the National League it's nice to see in a way, uh, another non non league club go up rather than the football league clubs that are sitting in there. But there is Bouncing, becoming yeah. a right bottleneck though with so many football yeah. league clubs stuck in there though. So who do you think is now going to be for the playoffs? Who's going to win? Oh well, depends if um, Eastleigh or Bromley gate crash. Uh, Eastleigh got game in hand on everybody, which they play on the Tuesday evening. Um, they win that, win their last game, Babby in. You've got, who else you got in there? Chesterfield, Wrexham, uh, Stockport, Hartlepool. That's a tough ask to to, to say who's going to do that, really is. I couldn't I couldn't pick one, not out of that lot. They've, um, they've all run, timed their runs perfectly, I think. 
Um, you know, easily if, if they get in there as well, would have tied it. I mean, I think when I spoke to Ben Strevens yesterday, easily win their last two games. That's eight wins out of nine, um, which playoff form. Um, you know, m- momentum with them. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick one out of the sides I've seen play against Barnet this season, I would pick Hartlepool. Um, although I was impressed with Torquay when we played them earlier in the season, not so impressed with them yet on Saturday. But, you know, it's it's playoff football. Who dares wins? Yeah, very true. Do you ever think I was going to ask you, Trevor? Um, obviously, the League Two clubs uh, felt it was unfair that teams were getting promoted from the National League when there was no relegation from the National League. Is there anything coming of that? Have you heard? No, Grimsby have turned around and went, <clears throat> no, actually, we'll... We'll take our relegation quite gracefully. I think a lot of um, a lot of clubs turned around and went, you've had 40, 46 games to win. You haven't. You finished in the bottom two. Sorry, but that's, you know, that's your time. Um, South End have been quiet. I think it seemed, seemed to come a lot more from Grimsby. So um, I can't see anything more coming of it, no. I thought it was a bit ridiculous, to be fair. But, I mean, clutching straws. I, yeah, I can understand it a little bit because of like no relegation going down from the National League and you know nothing happened underneath that. Um, but I think because of how the National League is structured with so many full-time sides, um, you know, you were asking, uh, you know, you, you you were asking something. You know, you. I think one of the um, scenarios was they were asking for four to get relegated next year. So two chairmen were asking the other twenty. Odd clubs, 22 clubs in their league, I think it is, um, plus the two that were going to come up to say, actually, chaps, no one's going to go down this year, but do you mind voting for another two relegation places that you could end up in next year? Of course, they're all going to turn around and go, oh, I don't think so. Mm, Off you go. Thanks very much and bye bye. See you, see you in a few years' time. <laughs> the Premier Non League Podcast. Well, Trevor, you've led us quite on quite nicely on to um, restructuring there. So we have had confirmation of the restructures. Um, any standout restructuring to you? Uh, a few stick out locally. Lansing and Littlehampton going up. Uh, yep. Definitely Littlehampton needed needed to move. Uh, you know, they the year before they were un, unbeaten. They've won, won every game, I think. Possibly, I'm not sure they've drawn a couple. This year they were unbeaten again, but they were thumping teams six or seven nil every week, which isn't mm-hmm. isn't healthy for, for them, for the teams they were beating. Um, so I'm pleased they've gone up. Um, a few people questioned Guernsey getting the lateral movement, but I looked at the clubs they're competing against in their division and a lot of them are closer to both Gatwick Airport and Heathrow Airport. So. It was interesting when you brought that up in the group, in our group chat, because I never really thought of it like that, but you're completely right. The, the flights to Guernsey from Heathrow and Gatwick. Yeah, and obviously those clubs being a bit closer is less travelling for those clubs to get to the airport. For example, Guernsey last year were playing Hearn Bay and Whitstable from the Kent coast. You've got to travel all the way yeah, to Gatwick, um, you know, get, get on a plane. They pay the transfer to the hotel as well. Then they come back again and then you've got, you know, I imagine the coach back to those clubs. That's That's a lot of mileage and it should, I think, benefit Guernsey in the long run financially. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, money wise, Pete, you're right there. Um, I've seen, I think, a few clubs at step five and six have appealed against being laterally moved. Um, but, um, whether that gets offered to someone else, whether they stay down in their division, um, I don't know, but they've got plenty of time to hear the appeals and you know decide whether it's going to be 
you know, yeah, we'll change you for someone else or we'll, you know, you're going to have to stick with what you've got and win promotion. Where, where did, what league did Littlehampton go um, to and from? What step are they from? Uh, step six into step five. Okay, cool. So that's basically where Lansing were and then yeah. they pushed up into that league. Fantastic. Well, another sort of, I'm sure hopefully in the coming season we might be able to go and see a couple of their games around the area, which will be nice to expand our knowledge of uh, non-league. And one other team, which was an interesting one, you think they're going to be in Premier League in a few time, a few years' time of a 26,000-seat stadium, was uh, Hashtag United. They've uh, yeah. stepped up as well. I know Ian's got a little soft spot for Hashtag. Well, I, I just like I just like the fact that they're they're disruptive in in our archaic industry. I just can't imagine Gary Lineker going now. Uh, hashtag United versus Manchester United. It doesn't sound right. <laughs> it's worth noting as well they've, they've signed like a five deal, a uh, five year deal with Hummel as well. Oh, really? See, yeah. they make some really nice kits, Hummel, because they do a Charlton's kit at the moment, and they actually make bespoke kits. So it'd be interesting if they actually do bespoke ones for hashtag. Well, well, Adidas did. Did they? Yeah, I did. So, I mean, I would like to see what their um, their sort of merch sale was compared to sort of a uh, a football league side. I'd be interested mm-hmm. to know what kind of kind of business they're pulling because big big companies are clearly interested in what they've got to offer. Hmm. Well, it is. I think it's interesting you say about kits because uh, I noticed this week, and Johnny's not here to speak about it, but Horsham um, have put uh, two kit designs out on Twitter. And I think that can be dangerous sometimes because uh, f- fans of rival clubs, like maybe possibly some Worthing fans, are voting for the kit that looks the worst out of them. And uh, it could end up being the wedding slash bridal party gown type uh, oh. shirt for the for the coming oh, season. God, but there's always, a, there's always a risk of doing that, isn't there? They should maybe have sent it into an email chain of members of the club but put it on Twitter and if they go by that result which they say they're going to they might have a sash bride to be so I think Pete if if we go to Horsham away next season we've got to get all the away boys to have a we'll get a bride to be sash to wear over the shoulder if that ends up being the kit do you know what when I, when I saw it you have that I couldn't resist and I just put it in a group and I said you know what to do boys <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what's worse about that kit is the fact that the sash is um it's like a honeycomb pattern in relation yeah. to the hornet but then they've got hornets on the sleeve as well. See, we've got a honeycomb right down the middle of ours, but it looks like a flipping tire track, and someone's just like driven all <laughs> over the driven all over the team like they have done most of this season. Uh, yeah, how do you know they didn't do that beginning of the season, mate? They laid them all out on the pitch and got mm-hmm. some like four by four to Crazy. go over them. <laughs> oh, horrendous, mate. Honestly, you Fantastic. know, some, sometimes some of these people that come up with kit designs, you just think, what on no. earth are you thinking? No. Saying no. kit designs, I it? saw into Milan's fourth kit. Have you seen that? Uh, the pre- the the one with the Pirelli on the horizontal, yeah, and it's got different yeah, blocks dope. of yellow, blues, blacks everywhere. Yeah, that's dope. Well, if if anyone wants a decent kit, go to Loch Ness. Number one, and oh, if, yeah, uh, yeah, and no, number two, Man United's kit yesterday was absolutely awful. That what one were they wearing? That black the and white one. thing. Yeah, I love the zebra one, mate. I love oh, the zebra. Oh, one. I hate no, it. It looks awful. It looks awful. It doesn't oh, yeah. look like zebras running around a pitch. No. Yeah. It is, thank, you, I, thank you, Trevor, for your moral support. I think it's quite interesting because a lot of these um, bigger clubs now are doing um, like third or fourth kits that are completely random and different than they ever have been before. So they're doing the first and second kit. I mean, I was a real big fan of Man City's away shirt this season with the sort of pattern on, um, I don't know what the kind of design is, but it's almost an Arabesque-type pattern. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I thought it looked brilliant. And yeah. I thought it just different from the usual. Yeah, but the point kits. being is the reason why you're seeing it in non-league as well is it's, You've got to like asking someone to fork over for the same colour shirt every single season is a massive stretch. 
the only way to differentiate your product and to still get people to potentially buy your shirt is to have sort of interesting away or third shirt. Mm. Yeah, and it also gains traction throughout the world. We've seen plenty of times that kits of uh, non-league teams selling out because they are... Uh, and that guy that Johnny interviewed from what team was that again? I forget, North I do apologise. North Therapy, they've got a kit that's sold out all over. So, you know, fair play to them. But um, moving slightly back to Wembley and stuff, guys, uh, we forgot to mention the FA Vars final, which was also this weekend, and Warrington Rylands beat uh, Binfield 3-2. Uh, Trev, you watched the match? I did. Absolute yeah. cracker again, a bit like um, Concert and Heaven three weeks prior. It was, mm-hmm. oh, it was, a, I think I've said a few times, I'm not sure I said it on the, on the podcast last time, watching the two finals in a day is fantastic because you get all the endeavour, um, adrenaline and everything in the Vars game where you've got step five players and step six players that train a couple of times, a couple of times a week, you know, and, and normally those clubs haven't got the facilities when the weather gets wet. So they, um, you know, tend not to um, train quite so much during the winter months. Um, and then when you get to the trophy final, you've got a little bit more guile, a little bit more craft because those guys are a bit higher up the ladder. But the entertainment that the Vars final, you know, gives is fantastic. Mm. But um, I mean, both sides were were, were really good going for, forward. I think it was Elliot Neat that got hat-trick for Warrington. The last player to get the hat-trick at Wembley was Harry Kane. So... He's in a bit of esteemed, uh, esteemed class there. Um, there you his go. Goals, goals were well taken, um, you know. And and Binfield were, you know, I say just as good as the two sides were the three weeks previous. It was really good, and to have fans back inside the stadium cheering them on, you know, as small as the amounts may be and everything, um, it was still still really good to see. And hopefully next year it goes back to. You know, we can all go and, and get a seat and an overpriced burger or fish and chips or chicken strips or whatever they do <laughs> these days at Wembley. That's it, isn't it? It's one of those it's one of those things. It's good. It's um Wembley, um, they've got the street food stands, I seem to remember as well when I was there with Charlton and uh, yeah. they had uh, they had I think they had like some Asian kitchen like noodles and stuff. I was like, Who eats noodles? I mean you look, it's very random. It's very yeah, random. It's what really, they have there. There. Like, really, yeah. really bizarre. Like, it's, I mean, I guess it's probably appealing for the England games when they have sort of uh, sort of just fair weathers that might turn up for some of the qualifiers and they just, uh, I mean, an England-friendly game is so boring as it is anyway. But, you know. So it's an England qualification game, man. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was boring. Yeah, they are pretty boring. I've been to a couple over time and it just, it just is, I guess it feels a bit like a, a friendly, like the atmosphere of a friendly, really. But we've got the Euros coming up very shortly, gentlemen. So we've uh, got something to look so, forward to. Three, three weeks, is it? Three, three weeks away. Three yeah, weeks away. Like yeah, three weeks. Yeah. Three weeks. Got my Panini sticker album. <laughs> Have you got your Panini sticker album? Yeah. <laughs> so I found a load of my old Merlin Premier League albums from back in the day, not that long ago, and it was brilliant to brilliant to see. And how I used to go and collect, complete my collection at the swap shop at Crystal Palace. So you got all your um, swaps, and then you went into the round and had all these big boxes. You gave the ones over, and then they gave you the ones you needed to complete your album. And it was free of charge back then, but I can imagine they probably charge you hundreds now to go to them. You've got probably... Premier League written all over it. Yeah, yeah, it, and he doesn't do it anymore now. Charlton of yeah. no, this this was even before Charlton were in the Premier League, mate. I've got I've got one of the albums when Charlton's first league with good old Clive Mendonca and everything like that. But those those were the days of stick election. They give the albums away free now. I see they're giving away all the time these Euro twenty twenty. They've probably got so many left of them from last year. They've been uh, rotting in a warehouse over the past <laughs> year, like all the merchandise. But um, gentlemen, I think that really wraps up this uh, edition of the uh, Premier Non League podcast. Um, 
action-packed again. Chris Dixon, thank you so much once again for coming on and speaking to us. And we're, as we said, we're all absolutely buzzing for what Hornchurch have done representing the Ismian League. And uh, we look forward to bumping into you next season. But that kind of leaves us to sort of really sort of say, guys, I think the next one we're planning is after the non-league playoff final in about a month's time. And that will be it for the summer. Um, don't cry. I mean, I know, I know all of you have been... Uh, listening and in your thousands and tens of thousands over the past past year but we have enjoyed doing it but we'll bring you one more before we go on a little summer break i know pete needs to go and get his r and r on a beach in the south of france with his uh getting his tan up or is that or is that sandro pays at the bottle i need, I need to do something mate i need to do something yeah getting before the, uh, the football season starts but as pete have you got any shout outs or are you probably gonna say no again um, I went actually sat the afternoon. I haven't got a shout out for anyone specific. I went to the Shield final, which was uh, Loxwood against Lansing up, up, up at Stenning. So I had to leave five minutes before the end because I had a table booked at five o'clock in Worthing. Um, so I missed the penalty shootout, but apparently Lansing won the Shield. So obviously on top of their promotion um, to win a Shield as well, they've, they've, they've had a good week. On that point, Pete, they had some great viewing figures, didn't they? On your instant replay streaming, they had over a thousand people. Yeah, and that, there's 302 at, 302 at the ground as well. Brilliant. Yeah, it's really Excellent. good, isn't it? I think, like as Chris said as well earlier, um, people will want to get out and watch games. I mean, you know, we did we did last week at East Preston, and obviously a few of us are going again to Barnet this coming Saturday. But that's all that's all we've wanted to do since November, though, isn't it? It's watch some live football. Mm. It is. It's really nice. It's, it's really nice that feeling to get back to be back in yeah. the grounds, even uh, if the pitch has got daisies all over it. And there's one last thing I need to check. Have I got a lift Saturday? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, this this coming Saturday. Yes, yeah, to the football. Yes. All right. Okay. Cool. Sorted. Uh, yeah. We are still recording, gentlemen. And for anyone listening, <laughs> that is a little bit weird, but. Uh... <laughs> Okay. I, was ju- I was just checking. We've got plans for Saturday. I mean, I we like... could. He could ask off the air or just a text don't, message. Don't but worry, he has to do it everyone. when we're recording. Pete, Pete Pete's trying to look popular. To Thank you. Yeah, he's trying to look popular now, isn't he? He's got his chauffeur-driven limo turning up. Anyway. Also, shout out to Lincoln as well for getting to the uh, player final. No. They were non-league like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, in normal circumstances, I'd be all right about it. But the fact they they conveniently got COVID when they were on a really bad run in the football league, it it did kind of make me laugh. But uh, that's that's another that's another story. I ain't bitter losing out on goal difference. But here we go, back to non-league, and we'll um, we'll look forward to seeing that Barnet game next weekend. Um, But for myself, James, everyone else on the uh, podcast, thanks for listening. Good night. Good night. Ciao. The Premier Non-League Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 